And this is Origin. Origin. This is Johnny Tacos here with another exciting episode of Origin Stories. Today, we have a melodic death metal band from Indiana, Symphony of Heaven. And you know what? We're going to get it started with their song, So Rich. It's going to be an awesome show today. It's going to be really a, just a killer experience to meet the guys and learn about their music and learn more about their ministries. All right, you know what? I said enough. Let's rock and roll. So rich on the Johnny Taco Show. Let's go. 
guys we are back with symphony of heaven the front man the brainchild the indiana pacer himself pathos hey guy uh what is up today how's it over there is it hot because it is i think um i found the location of hell and it's the state of texas it uh it's been about 100 degrees here for the last three days and i work in a power plant and i've been working 
on the outside or in the building, not in the control room. So it's been about 150 in there for three days. I've lost a lot of weight in the last three days. <laughs> but it's water weight. You'll gain it oh, back. I know. That is true. After it cools yeah. off. <laughs> so tell me tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Oh, yeah. My upbringing, um, I, I've lived and was born, really born and raised here in southern Indiana um, in Owensville, uh, other towns around here, um, throughout my, uh, upbringing, we, we lived a couple towns over and I was coming up. My mom was a music teacher. My dad was a power plant worker as well. Uh, I have a sister, you know, always had dogs. We had the house out in the subdivisions out in the country, really great, um, upbringing that I have been the older I get, the more I realized how blessed I really was. It was, there was nothing wrong with the world. Uh, when I was growing up, everything was great. It was really that white picket fence, even though we didn't have a fence, um, that type of, you know, American dream type of upbringing. And, uh, so my mom was a music teacher. Uh, she would also help out with playing piano at church. Uh, she taught music at a Christian school. That's where I went for a couple of years growing up before I went, uh, before we moved. So um, everything was uh, very uh, church-centered, uh, faith-centered. Uh, my, you know, whole family uh, was, you know, of the faith or at the very least, you know, the patriarchs of the family were. And it was a very, um, very good, wholesome upbringing that, for all intents and purposes so 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 you had a pretty good life you know it, you weren't hit with too much of a uh, turbulence so to speak during child no not at all that as like i said the more uh, it's almost sad and when you think back because you remember how good life was and how simple things were and um you know as you get older you go through more times and trials and things like that but uh yeah everything was great um Every, I have no complaints. It was uh, the best upbringing a kid could ask for, really. As a, as an up, it's an upbringing every kid should have or should want. You know, uh, your parents loved you. You were you were had a nice place to live. Um, you know, got to play baseball and and play in the yard and and it was it was good. It was all I can say. It was just really really good. So you can say, like, living back then, it's a little bit of a different creature than living nowadays. It's a completely different universe. <laughs> um, it's like a Be parallel yeah. universe, really, honestly. You know, you, you used to have to fight kids to come back in. Now you have to fight kids to go back out. Yes. You know what? I, I, I so, had, you know, I, I did both. I, I played outside plenty with the neighbor kids. Uh, I had the video game systems. I'd play those, too. Uh, you know, I, it was a good, well-rounded, I knew how to play outside. I knew how to play video games and, and start to learn computers. It was that nineties kid, kind of the best of both worlds. You know, um, we grew up knowing how to play in the dirt and we also grew up figuring out how to use technology. So it was good. Yeah. And during that time, I know that, you know, songs like I just played earlier to, to get this party started so rich. Uh, you're like, 
okay, well, this is heavy and in your face. And you're like, well, my mom was in school. (laughs) I had this great time and and all that. And like, usually when you hear artists that play like the the melodic death metal, uh, you know, they were more like, I was in a room all by myself, talking to myself. And, And I started writing words. And I changed my appearance to look like the corpse. Because I was afraid of the sun, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, but you know, and and it just—that's it, what people's persona. That's what people think that that death metal uh, people do. That's that they live on it. They they're death metal twenty four seven, and you know, there's only like maybe a handful of guys that did it. And you know, uh, with the black metal, you know that story. With oh, yeah. What happened to? to them but um you know even when i when i talk to uh the guys from black dahlia yeah they're a bunch of nerds oh yeah they're a bunch of gamers and 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 you don't you don't really see that hand to hand yep uh he's got the fallout four just for people that are listening through the ear orifices following total and nuclear pe- annihilation <laughs> yes as he's giving an interview there's somebody doing laundry that walked right by him. <laughs> my wife <laughs> see 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 death metal artists are are people too that's right we're pretty normal dudes for the most part <laughs> And this was a uh, sponsorship brought to you by Death Metal or People com. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> so, um, so going into your music lifestyle, um, when you were a kid, were you were you uh, in tune with metal, or did you go into the rock? Because I went with. Uh, during the 90s, I went with like MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice, Paulo Duel, you yes. know, Warrant, you yes. know, all all the pop pop stuff. So to give you uh, some background on that, I'm 37. So I was born in 1986. So my... Oh, you're a little kid. Oh, yeah. So my upbringing, by the time, um, you know, I didn't get into metal until about seventh or eighth grade when I started getting interested in guitar. I had started on drums. You always had rhythm um, that, you know, from the time I can remember, I was always involved with music of some type and I knew how to keep the beat. And mom, daddy got me a drum set in like fourth grade, never once told me to quiet down. I'd practice and play on that thing upstairs for hours, just whenever I wanted. So God bless them for that. You know, with mom being a music teacher, she understood. And so uh, I, I grew up. A lot with uh, early Christian music. Well, early Christian for me, um, but then also like '90s country, Alan Jackson. Um, you know that type of stuff, and I still love to this day. That's my jam right there, Chattahoochee. And uh, but my first album, you, you I, should do it. <laughs> you should do it metal version. You should, you should do it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Call it. Uh, call it. Country death or death country. Death country. <laughs> but I remember the first uh, album that I kind of figured out was I got older. I was like, you know, I had been into rock music my entire life. I just didn't realize it. Um, the first album that I remember really being into, I was in first or second grade, and it was a Michael W. Smith album, Go West, Young Man, which is still 
a really good album. It's produced well. The songwriting's really well. Um, it, it's just, I still listen to it to this day. And it brings back a lot of memories. That was something of my mom's that I can hold on to. Um, <clears throat> sorry. But, uh, so, but I, I realized like, you know, that was, it had electric guitars and it had some gro- groovy beats to it. I'm like, so I was into rock music before I even realized it, you know, or the old eighties, uh, late eighties, adult contemporary alternative rock. Like, uh, Oh, I can't even think of some of, the, um, some of Rod the, Stewart. Yeah. All in yeah. Stuff like that, that you'd hear on the radio when you were a kid that was popular on top 40 radio back then, but you didn't realize that was rock music, you know, and it technically is compared to like pop music standards the rest of the time uh around seventh grade i said i got into guitar buddy of mine also we were and he started getting into some heavier stuff it started out with like punk you know uh or stuff like on the biodome if you remember that movie with paulie shore and stephen baldwin we had that soundtrack and it had a lot of cool stuff on it so it was a gradual thing and then my sister got into high school and i heard about this band called corn and, you know, they seemed dark and edgy, and I didn't know what to think of it, but I just thought, that's really cool. So I was drawn to it, and I didn't know why. So I got a poster on my wall of the band. Had never listened to their song before. I just thought it was cool. And I finally heard Freak on a Leash on, an, on a radio that was so staticky, I had to, like, put my ear right to the speaker, and I recorded it on a cassette tape, and it all just took off from there. You know, that that reminds me, too, because I I had a friend that was actually moving to another state. So what we did is we recorded like an hour show of a of a DJ that was local. Yeah. And and we would just do it the hour show and whatever music was playing. And uh, we would do that just like like you, you know, oh, I like this song hit record. And don't matter if it's staticky or anything, yep. it was still cool. It's like, wow, I can't believe. But uh yeah, corn corn was one of the one of the bands that opened my eye to more of that um uh, what is that, new metal? Yep. That's what they called it. To the new metal kind of groove to it. But um listening to them, you know, it it was it was Scatman Crutters. You know, Scatman uh, well, uh, I mean, maybe I, he, I know the uh, if you're talking like a genre, you're talking a band. The 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 band, oh. you know, Scatman. When he was just, what he does is he just muddles his words to a beat. Yes. To like jazz, how how jazz muddle, they just start making words like sounds and all that. <laughs> it's sort of like that, but in a metal sense. That's how Jonathan Davis did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Just that. Just whatever comes out. And then David Draymond took over with with his part in Disturbed. So, you know, and they came out. I guess uh, Disturbed came out like, what, five years after Corn. It was around that time. I remember seeing the video for, um, it wasn't Down With Sickness. It was the very first video that they put out. Um, and I was, yeah, and I can't, it was just, it was very a disturbed looking video. You know, and I was well into metal and rock by that point. Um, you know, I, uh, and System Down, Static X, Power Man 5000, uh, you know, all those bands that were popular at that time. Uh, got to see them on like Summer Sanitarium 2000 tour. That was great, you know. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, that's that's where I started with. And then it was after that 2000 Summer Sanitarium show. Then we saw Metallica. And I had somewhat heard some Metallica, but that's when I started really studying them. And I got super big into Metallica all throughout my high school years. Had all the videotapes, all the documentaries, all the albums that I could get my hand on. And just listened and learned a lot of guitar from Metallica. So I'm indebted to to them for sure. So where did uh, death metal come play into it? Um, because, you know, those are awesome metal bands, but they're not that melodic death kind of feel to it. Uh, yeah, they, they they have rough edges and they're, 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 they're really edgy and, and all that, but death metal kind of takes it on a different trip down the, the whole genre. I think it had a lot to do. I had guitar magazine subscriptions. I had guitar world and guitar one, and they'd come in every month and I would read them cover to cover multiple times. Instead of paying attention in class, I'd be, you know, reading my guitar magazine. So, uh, but I remember at, you know, I don't know exactly that. And you had uh, Napster, LimeWire, and didn't just friends in general kind of getting into the same thing. You had Slipknot, which became a little more edgy. That first album's still really good. I enjoy it. I drum to it a lot. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, being in drumline, um, in marching band and stuff, we were the edgy kids, the drum the drummers, you know. So and we were all into rock and metal. So eventually I would hear more suggestions from my friends uh like obituary uh and i remember seeing a guitar magazine interview or a review for cannibal corpse gore obsessed and i thought you know what this looks really cool and look at these guitars and their long hair and these dudes look tough as you know what so i think i'm going to go to the cd store next time we go and i'm going to look for this album and i did and that's the first full death metal album that I remember buying was, and, and there might've been others, uh, you know, was cannibal corpse gore obsessed around the same time. I just, cause I would go to the CD store and they had a metal section and you could also get imports, use CDs. They were cheap. So all my money I made in high school went to, to that. And I would just go through and if the cover looked cool, I would buy it. You know, I'd walk out with a stack of CDs. I remember morbid angel, the gateways to annihilation, was one that was a big influence on me sound-wise. Uh, Fear Factory, obsolete album. Uh, yeah, it's funny, we just watched the, the Terminator last night, and, uh, you know, how... It, it, stuff like that, it was just kind of a, a movie soundtracks, like The Matrix. You know, you had Rage Against the Machine on there. It was, just, it was osmosis over time, finding and hearing more bands, little whispers from the corners, like, oh, what's this? I'm going to go check this out. And then just all of a sudden you realize that like, you know, and I hadn't gotten into black metal. I didn't get into black metal for a very long time. I was scared to honestly, uh, for good reason, uh, you know, but uh, death metal, old school, Florida sound um, was, you know, cannibal corpse is another one. Obviously everybody loves cannibal corpse. So, or you should love cannibal corpse. And so learn, try to learn a lot of their songs. And really a lot of it had to do with wanting to learn to play guitar better and seeing how fast these guys could play. And like, I want to do that. So I need to learn it. And just over time, just becoming something that's a part of you. 
Yeah, which which is amazing how they they blended such a quick technique on their guitar and their drums, and they kind of went parallel with the beat yes. of of the uh, double bass of the drums and and I have and the way the guitar. Screams. And I have another thing that I would be amiss if I didn't mention. Uh, we had gotten satellite television at the house as I'd gotten older, which we didn't usually have. It had a, a TV channel called Much Music, which was a Canadian. We didn't have MTV. We had VH1. So that was another one, all the behind the musics. Oh, watch them. You know, uh, and then Much Music was a it had a Canadian, it was a Canadian channel, and it had a lot of metal on there. That's where I first heard Kill Switch Engage. Uh, I think that's the first place I ever heard in flames. Or somewhere on the satellite television. Maybe it was the music channels. So it was just being a lover of discovering music. Uh, and then seeing the videos for that stuff was a big thing as well. So I didn't have Headbangers Ball till Headbangers Ball 2 came around, but I had already gotten into a lot of stuff by then. So. And uh, so, so what made you decide to, to be in a, a death metal band instead of just following the roots of Metallica as a doom metal or, you know, thrash? Yeah. Um, I think it's just because ultimately that was the music. I mean, I still love early Metallica stuff, you know, justice and before black album is fine, but uh, you know, anything that was more extreme, anything that made you just got your blood pumping and felt epic. And like, it sounded as big as the sky was something that really just took my imagination. Uh, when I first heard Demu Borgir, I was blown away. Uh, just like I didn't think it was humanly possible to play as fast as what the drums were doing. Uh, you know, Enthroned, Darkness, Triumphant, that album, I still love one of my favorite albums to this day. Just the production on it, it just sounds so dreamy, I guess, is, is the only way I can describe it. Just like it sounds like a dream. It's just this big, expansive, atmospheric the guitars feel sound like they are seething, like they are just like that, you know. Uh, so I mean, I think it's the overall atmosphere is what drew me more to that style, um, and then just more in your face, like a like a fist knocking your teeth out type of thing. Sort of like that Pantera vulgar yeah, display. Oh, yeah. Oh yes. Oh man. Yes. That's another one that was. I, I I can't even can't believe I hadn't even mentioned them yet. You know, I remember buying, riding around in the truck, having bought their album at the CD store, and, and listening to that. Um, you know, and then being a young guitar player, obviously with Dimebag, and seeing him in the guitar magazines and hearing what he was doing, buying the home videos. Maybe I was a little too young to see some of the home videos, but you know, we all it was it was cool. I mean, that's what you wanted to do. It's what you wanted you wanted to to do what they were doing as far as the music and all that stuff. So yeah, it was just a lot of, it was just different things from everywhere. Uh, and just wanting to do something that sounds bigger, you know? Yeah. Which is understandable, you know? Oh yeah. You go, go big or go home. Exactly. You know, that's a lot of, a lot of the metal motto there. Yes. But, uh, how did you, how did you go from uh, death metal, the secular, and actually building it towards like a 
Christian feel. Uh, did you listen to a lot of uh, heavy uh, Christian death metal bands? You know, I know Hard Look is uh, Chris is a good friend of mine. He's a producer yeah. uh, of of the show, and that was actually one of the first bands that I actually heard death metal, but it was a Christian. Yeah, absolutely. Aspect. So, so how did how did that trend? How did you metamorphosize that to to a Christian lifestyle? Because you know, and and I'm only saying it because I see it. But some of the listeners that I have, they're still on the fence about Christian metal, and they still want to learn more about it uh, because you have this uh, stereotype of what a metal musician is and then you have this stereotype of what a christian is and then when you when you see it together you're like well those are puzzle pieces that don't fit but but for for yourself for chris uh for you know let the day perish let uh 13 minutes uh all these bands had made it a ministry uh to, to do it so so what um how, how did that come around? Well, first of all, Chris from Hard Look, I hope you're doing well, buddy. And uh, if he sees this and produces it, hope you're doing well, man. Um, so, okay, you know, I was a Christian before I was a metalhead. Um, I was, uh, you know, I uh, took my step of faith and I was uh, baptized at 11. I think it was 11. Yeah, it was 11. And, you know, for me, it was like, I'm, I'm all in. And, it was, it always made sense to me, you know, um, and it always, so it's like, you know, my worldview has always been one since the time I can remember, uh, growing up, uh, with the Christian worldview being taught it from my parents and my grandparents, and then accepting that at a young age, and then also going through life, studying it for myself and like, yeah, exactly. This makes, this is, it makes perfect sense to me. So being a Christian first, um, you know, and then the music was there just as much from the time I can remember. So music to me is, you know, there's all kinds of music and it's all special. Most of it, some of it's not, (laughs) but you know, um, so as far as when it got into metal, I just knew something about it drew me to it. I think, like I said, it had to do with wanting to learn to play my instrument well. Uh, It was something that was darker, deeper than I had heard. I mean, you know, it don't sound like Alan Jackson or George Strait, which I love those, you know. But there was something as a young teenager that drew draws you to it. You know Uh, what that what it was. I don't I don't know. I mean, was it part of the. This seems a little rebellious. This seems almost like uh, something I shouldn't do. I don't know. Um, it's always, you're, you never can't remember every feeling and thought you had when you were 13 years old. Um, but overall, in general, it was just like this is it just makes sense to my ears. So my music and playing in, in metal, has, I've always, you know, ever everything comes second to Christ. Everything does. Uh we wouldn't have music at all unless it was for God. So uh, in my uh, worldview, every style and type of music, the only reason we have it is because God has enabled us to do it and to hear it and to understand it. And to me, metal music makes the most sense. It is 
If we lift, if we believe that there's a God who uses his power to make absolutely every single thing in the entire universe and things we can't see, if we believe that, what type, and the power that he has, boy, metal music seems to kind of mimic that in my, in my view and to my ears, like it's big, it's heavy, it's makes you think it, it, it's just it just feels right to me um i you know any and it, not just metal music but any you can call old uh classical music metal in the same sense of the word because it was it was good it was it was deep it was dark it was bright fiery just all the the big bright colors of the world you know, and metal kind of takes that and it, and it kind of distills it down to almost the perfect place, at least for me. And, and so, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, so uh, listening to early, uh, Christian metal, I didn't know there was any. Uh, you got to remember, this is late 90s, early 2000s. There was not really any Christian metal on the TV or the radio minus P.O.D., Um that was really the only one I could think of. You know, I didn't, I'd heard a striper, didn't really know about him or much, but so all I had was the secular music. And so I had to kind of, you know, kind of, uh, keep my ears, uh, attentive and like some things I could let pass and other things. I'm like, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And that's different for everybody, you know, but it wasn't until I got older and the internet and more in depth than that, that I started to discover bands like Pantocrator and Tester, um, that there was actual Christian Christians making metal and it was good. Like it wasn't like, Oh, this is cheesy or, you know, Oh man, it's not as cool as the other bands. Why is that? I was like, wow, this is actually like good and or better. And they're Christians like me. And they've been doing this for a long time, and I had no idea, you know. So it, it, I still do that to this day, discovering bands from that, you know, in different parts of the world, all the way back in the '90s. That they were there, I just didn't know. You know, I had no, I'd never heard of Horde for probably 15 years after I got into metal. You know, so it was, I was a Christian who listened to metal, and I guess maybe just my mindset was one of. Uh, maybe different than most people look at things. So, yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with you with, with all that. Um, but we're getting close to the end of the show. I want to talk about your band mm. symphony of heaven. I, we've been just chatting about other musicians. Yeah. We, we forget the cream of the crop. <laughs> I get going. You you know, gotta stop uh, me, man. I just start talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so this was supposed to be a solo project just just you right such as my friend chris yes um such as uh, uh my friend uh i have a couple of friends that just do solo projects um you know they they do everything the drums the guitar everything uh everything and it comes out it sounds like a full band yes. uh so so you had in your heart because uh you wanted to start this band, but you wanted to do a solo because you're what? Because there's so many people out in the world that don't really see your vision yeah. on how to 
how it is and there's and indiana doesn't really have a lot of death metal fans out there yeah it's few and far between um so i wanted to start it but i also knew i didn't want to leave it there who wants to leave it just doing it uh in their house you know it's 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 metal it needs to be played live so i i end up meeting a guy on the internet uh asaf uh mason beard and we got to know and talk and i found out he was a drummer i was like oh really okay so i went up to his house about two and a half hours north of here up around indianapolis and i had no idea i'd never heard him drum and he was like 16 or 17 at the time you know this is six seven years ago uh, it was 2018 yeah so i went up there not knowing what to think and i just gave him the cd or gave him the songs i said play this that i had programmed and he knocked it out of the park and it's been me and him kind of like the james and lars of the band <laughs> ever since you know uh so you know and then we got uh david napier from tomoritus i had gotten to be friends with him he jumped on uh as well and then we ended up getting Eero tertsusen tertsunen from the band renaissance who which i had heard and had found out through my musings online that he was in bloomington and i'm like I thought he was from Finland. So I messaged him. And uh, what's so funny is the I messaged him because they needed a drummer for a renaissance. I'm like, oh, I, I could drum. <laughs> and I was like, if, you know, it was either they didn't have a drummer or they didn't play an audio field. It's like, I can drum if you need me to. He's like, well, if it was that easy, I could do it myself. <laughs> and, I was, yeah. and it was like, oh, <laughs> shoot. And he's like, wait, sorry. I still, we laugh about that to this day. So he jumped on. Uh, and then we had a full band. We played audio feed. The first live show was in 2019, audio feed. And uh, it's just been great ever since, just constantly trying to grow as musicians. So have you been everywhere? Um, are you everywhere, man? We have been, the farthest we've played would be uh, uh, like audio feed up in Illinois, about three or four hours away. Uh, we have not been blessed with any opportunities yet to play further than like a three-hour loop. Uh, we're constantly looking, uh, but so far, you know, it's been Indy, Louisville, uh, northern mid to northern Illinois. Uh, that those type of, is about the farthest as we've been able to go. Yeah, because they have a Christian Mexican, like from Mexico, they have a Christian metal show in Mexico they do once a year. Yes. You might want to check that out uh, because yes. of, I know so many bands that were able to participate in there. Yes. Exodo and Fest. when they took it there. Huh? Exodo Fest, I believe it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, when they went over there, it, they were amazed how, how, um, how awesome the people were and how generous and how nice they were to to people that played metal because metal's a big thing in Mexico. Oh, yes. And people don't understand that. They they're like, well, all all I hear is like Tejano music or or, you know, pop music, but you tend to forget the further down you go into Brazil and all that, that's where a lot of the death metal yep, it's huge uh, down there. Origin, originated, kind of. Yes. Sepultura you oh, know yeah. them um you know it, it, it's just amazing how how a culture over there just embraces metal and when metallica's there mexico city shuts oh, down yeah. and that's like a couple million people oh, yeah. but so yeah that's that's uh you know at this point in time 
Uh, we we had a right now we're down to three members. Uh, Eero and his family had to, uh, ended up going back to Finland. Uh, David went and chose to pursue his other thing. So we have Onyx. He's a local guy that I, we got to know who filled in for us. I became good friends with him. He's like a brother to us now. Um, and uh, so that's where we stand right now as a three-piece, uh, looking for in the future to get another fourth member. Uh, but, you know, we we put out um, uh, the Ascension of Extinction in 2020. That was kind of that in-between period where it was still me doing things, but also checking with them and collaborating on writing and programming. Uh, then we put out Maniacal. That was a full that was a full thing. So, yeah, we're just keeping moving forward, man. Awesome. Awesome. And I want to thank you for being on the show. We're going we're going to listen to the arc of time, which I think is one of your best songs i've heard so far Thank you. and i'm still i'm still learning more about your library and music coming out uh real quick any merchandise that people can buy uh you can go to christianbandshirts.com they always have a supply of our stuff um uh, as far as through our website and stuff we kind of hit and miss with that but we're going to get that going but christianbandshirts.com will take care of you awesome awesome here is the arc of time Such plans, this is such plans as 